0: Welcome everybody, you're listening to the 27th episode of A Secret to Everybody. I'm Ben, and right off the bat I'd like to apologize because I have not had a show put out the last two weeks. Uh, Two weeks ago I was overwhelmed with uh, programs and homework and things like that, and last week I was on fall break, so I, between getting work done and being home and seeing people I wasn't able to have a show and I kind of want to take a break, so I apologize for that. And the apology has to continue further because I have not had time to do any planning for this episode whatsoever. I've been incredibly busy since I got back to school and I actually got a job, which I will not reveal where that is and starts like tradition. I just like Adam works at the steel mill and Andy at the stables. We'll say I work at the farm, so suffice it to say the farm has been working me pretty tough. I've been working quite a few days a week. So I've, I'm not trying to make excuses, I just have not had, between working and all these programs and projects that I have to do, I just have not had time. Because when I do a show, I like to sit down and type up notes, um pretty word, like, word for word, not, not that I'm reading off the script, but I like to have the words so that when I think of something funny to say or put something in a clever way, I know exactly what I want to say instead of just bullet points and I forget or feel like I don't have enough to talk about. That being said, there's really nothing I'm going to talk about in specific this week. I'm going to talk about a few things that I've been doing and then I'm going to talk about Banjo-Tooie because that's what I've been starting to replay and then I'm going to just have to play a couple of tracks of music for you guys because, like I said, I'm... I'm not trying to put out a crappy show, but, but at the same time, like, I, I have stuff I need to do, um, I need to go do some work after I'm done recording this, this is on Thursday, so that I can go, I have to work today, and Saturday, and Sunday, and, I'm not trying to complain, I'm just letting you know, I'm, I'm doing this so I can get an episode out to you guys, because I feel bad that I haven't been able to, I don't want to just disappear off the map for a month for no reason, I want you to know that I still care about doing the show and everything, I'm not, like, you know, angry, I'm just, so busy, and I, I want—I I did want to take a few minutes here and just record a show. So, let me say that the biggest piece of news slash big thing that's happened in the past two weeks since we've talked is that Watch Dogs, the game that I've shared a little bit about and the game that I was looking most forward to for next gen and also on this gen, has been delayed by Ubisoft. Uh, about last week they delayed that, I think that was last Tuesday, they announced it was delayed, and I was really upset, uh, and it's not even in a, you know, a, my game was delayed, wah, whoa, me type way. The, the situation here at school is, I, our internet, uh, we can't connect to to a, through the, we have a proxy here, so we can't connect to the internet directly. So we have to have, we have a set up connection so we can get on, but when you're trying to play games online, like Battlefield or Call of Duty, whatever, the connection gets really skippy depending on how many people at the school are using the network. And so I didn't want to buy a game like Call of Duty or Battlefield that's mainly for the multiplayer and have to battle with, you know, skipping around the screen and randomly, you know, dropping out of the game every two minutes every time I'm playing. That's why I wanted the game Watch Dogs, because I figured I'd get the PlayStation when it came out, I'd have a nice single-player game to play for a little bit, and then when I was home for for Christmas break, I'd be able to, you know, maybe get another game that was going to work out. But with Watch Dogs being delayed, it's more to me than just the game I wanted got delayed, it's... You know, uh, is it really worth buying a PlayStation for me now? Because, I, like I said, I've been so busy. I, I mean, I, I've probably played video games for 45 minutes in the past two weeks, let, not counting fall break. And so I've just been really busy. I have a lot to do, and so I just thought I'm barely playing games as it is on my computer, where I have 20 plus Steam games I, I could be playing in my backlog. Do I really need to buy this right now? And with Watch Dogs delayed, I honestly said no, and so I, I canceled my PS4 pre-order. And that's really weird to say, and it was weird to do. Uh, Amazon said that they would honor the, the if you pre-ordered the bundle with Watchdogs, which I did. They said that they would honor that bundle, and they just downgraded or side graded whatever you to the just the launch edition bundle, so you'd be getting the exact same thing for the normal $400 price without the system, without the game. And I thought, you know, I don't want to have to... I, there's really no other game that I want, because I've explained what the shooter thing, you know, playing online. There's really no other game that I want right now, and the only reason I'd be getting a PlayStation 4 at launch is just to say that I got one at launch, and that's really not a good enough reason. So I decided to save the money, um, maybe put it toward a new phone or something, or toward a car. So I hope I, and you guys aren't disappointed with me. I was, real, I mean, I, I I, didn't want to do this, and I'm I'm mad that I had to... I'm mad that I was upset at the fact that Ubisoft delayed the game, because I I I wish more, I mean, I'm not saying I wish people would delay all the games, but I wish more companies would, they said, they claim that the reason they delayed it was because they wanted to make a better game. Now, if that's true or not, I don't know. We do have Assassin's Creed 4 coming out uh, shortly, it was going to be shortly before that, and so they might have not wanted to let their current series overshadow their new one, or vice versa, which I doubt would happen, but, and, of course, the big other problem is Grand Theft Auto 4, Five, the giant open-world game that everyone's been sinking uh, tons of hours into. You know, they thought that two months between GTA Five and Watch Dogs would be enough, and then I guess they were thinking it wouldn't be because of Grand Theft Auto Online and everything else. So I'm, I'm guessing they felt the heat from their competitor, and they just decided to delay. So I can't blame them, I guess, but I really wish they would have delayed it sooner than four weeks before the console came out, because it was, it was really frustrating to get the news. But anyway, I don't want to complain, I just want to, I, I, I'm not happy I had to do it. I was looking forward to, you know, being one of the first adopters and being able to check all the new features and bring you guys all the news and information, but, you know, it just looks like that's not going to happen for now. The other thing I did, I guess we can talk about this in leave you with a, uh, a tech topic for this week. I actually rooted my Android phone this week, and if you don't know what that is, uh, it's kind of like, if you've heard about jailbreaking an iPhone, which is... B- Take, basically, you're taking it out of what Apple allows you to do with installing apps and things, because by default on an I- iPhone or an iOS device, you can only install apps from Apple's App Store. Well, if you jailbreak, you can get apps from other places. Rooting is kind of like that, except you're not breaking out of what Apple allows you to do. You're accessing parts of your phone that you're normally not allowed to access. Like, it's already there on the phone. The best way I can describe it to people that don't really know what it is is actually I read on a forum online. It's like The Matrix. Morpheus was able to... Bend the Matrix and do what he wanted, but he couldn't escape. While Neo was allowed to break the rules and even exit the Matrix if he wanted to, so that's kind of like what rooting is. Like if you wanted to, if you rooted your Android phone and you figured out how to, you I mean it's you can you can install a whole different operating system on your phone. They call them custom ROMs. Um, that's like if you know, if say you have a phone made by HTC or Samsung or whoever, and you don't like all the stuff they install on it, like NASCAR and Verizon voicemail and all that stuff, you can you can uninstall that stuff if you have root or you can also just put a different operating system on just like you could take your computer and t- change it from Windows 7 to Windows 8 if you were so crazy to do that um, so that's, that's pretty cool I think um, so I've rooted it it's it's running great I've installed a few different apps that require root like a really good backup app where you just it's literally just like one touch backup and everything's backed up you can even save it with the Dropbox so that's really nice peace of mind if I Get a new phone soon. I'll be able to just throw all my new apps in there, throw my apps on my new phone instead of downloading each one individually, and it saves all your data. So that's really cool. Um, I'd recommend doing that if you have an Android phone and you want a little bit more customizability with it. It's not hard. Uh, my phone's an HTC phone, so it was a little bit difficult because of the way HTC has you locked out of some parts. But overall, it didn't take more than twenty minutes, and if you find a good guide, it's it's not hard at all. So I, I won't give specific instructions here, obviously, because a it would be really hard to do over me talking to you, and b every phone's different, so if you're interested in that, just Google how to root whatever your phone is, and I'm sure you'll find ample resources. So, there's nothing else, like, I I, I really do apologize that I haven't had any notes or anything like this, I just, like, I, ha- I haven't had time, like I said, I like to sit down and take a few hours to look look through the news, look through some funny stuff, get it all written out in note form so I can just go through it, but I just, I haven't had the time, so I'm just going to talk about... One of my favorite games that I've started to play again. Kind of just ramble on about it for a few minutes, and then so that the episode is somewhat long enough, and you guys don't feel cheated, I'm gonna. I have three music tracks today instead of just a normal one, so that'll close us out. And I, I can't make any promises because I had that paper due in a few weeks. But hopefully, in the coming weeks, I will have a real episode for you guys. And again, I I, I can't apologize enough. I'm not I'm not trying to run away or anything. I just I you know I, I I'm not I don't want to cut this out. So that's why I'm trying to do this. So anyway. I started playing Banjo-Tooie again recently. My original plan, you know, there's so many games I want to play. You know, I have so many games in my Steam backlog, and then a Humble Bundle comes around, and I spend $4 to get six more games that, I, you know, that, I, that I, there's so many games that I have that I want to play that I just haven't played. And then, of course, the added pressure of that is... There, you can download emulators, which let you play old games on your computer, which I love, because a lot of these games, you know, I we have at home, but I'm not going to bring the Super Nintendo or whatever up here so I can just play them. Or they're games I never got a chance to play that I can play like that. And so it's really cool to be able to have ROMs and emulators and be able to re, you know, replay old games. And my original plan was, I think it was in about February or March, it was after I did the Uber Challenge when I started this podcast, so it was probably around March or April, actually. I... Played Banjo Kazooie again, the first game in the series, and my plan was to play both of them back to back. But then I played Banjo Kazooie and thought, I, I just played a 3D platform. I don't want to play the second one yet. I don't want to. I don't want to, you know, get stale or whatever. So I think I started playing Golden Sun, and that's a whole other rabbit trail. Suffice to say that I just started playing Banjo Kazooie again this this fall break weekend. I only played maybe about an hour and a half or two hours or so, but it's such a fun game. I mean, I just can't. There's something about the atmosphere of those two games. Now, there's other ones, like Banjo-Pilot, which was a Game Boy Advance game, which was a spin-off, it was like a racing game, and then Banjo-Kazooie Grunty's Revenge on the Game Boy Advance, which was not bad, it was actually made by Rare, and it was published by THQ, and it came out on Game Boy Advance, even though that was after Microsoft bought Rare. It was an okay game, it wasn't, for a Banjo-Kazooie game, it wasn't great, and it was fun to play, and it was a good little distraction on the Game Boy Advance, but I wouldn't call it anywhere near its two originals, the quality of those. But there was just something, and of course Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, which I don't have time to talk about right now, that filth. Anyway, there's something about those games, I just can't, it's hard to explain what attracts me to them so much, it's just, there's something about the atmosphere that's just, like, the the, the, the cheery atmosphere that's blended with, especially in the second game, kind of like the dark tone. And there's actually a video, I believe I've mentioned him before when he first came out, Uh, a guy, his name is Joshua M., he goes by, his YouTube channel, Really Freaking Clever, um, he's, he's done a little bit of different things in the previous months, but originally, he started, and he still does, originally started out as, he, he saw a trend that there was too much, too many YouTube channels to talk about the bad stuff of games, as much as I love them, I mean, he is right, and I, I wouldn't say there are too many, but there's a lot of them, which there's nothing wrong with that, and so his idea was that he wanted to start a YouTube channel that looked at games, that looked at all the good stuff in games, and so he started looking at games that he liked, talked about what they did differently than other games in their time and things like that, and what made them Really freaking clever, hence the name. One of the games he mentioned was Banjo-Tooie, and I strongly recommend that you look this video up after I'm done talking about this today, because it's. I didn't get my inspiration from this video, but this video put into words a lot of things that I've always wanted to say about the game, I guess. Like, Banjo-Tooie, like, in the first game, you start in Spiral Mountain, which is Banjo's home world, you do a little bit of training to learn how to play the game, and you go up into Gruntilda's Lair, which is the hub of the, of the overworld of Banjo-Kazooie, and all the game takes place there. Well, in Banjo-Tooie, there's a little wall at the very beginning of the game in the opening cutscene that Gruntilda and her sisters blow through with a drill, and that's, that, that's how you access the entire overworld of the second game. So that feeling of just, like, that was there the whole time, and while Banjo-Kazooie, you're so caught up in being in Gruntilda's Lair and stopping her you think that whole other world was just on the other side of that wall and I never even knew about it. Like, that's cool, that kind of thing. The other thing that I really love about this game, again, these are weird things and there's kind of quirky things about me, but they're just something that get me every time I play the game. The overworld music is fantastic. I've played a selection more than once for you guys, even though the normal or the metal mix at the end of my show, that just, you know, just the Gruntilda's Larry music is just awesome, and so does is the Isle of Hags music from the second game. But there's something about the way the music and the atmosphere, or the environment, changes when you get close to a world. Like, for example, like, the level Glitter Gulch Mine in Banjo-Tooie is what it sounds like. It's like an underground mine. It's like a, you know, a lot like Hicks, left in there for lack of a better term. So, like, you know, the normal music plays, and then when you get close to Glitter Gulch Mine, well, you're still in the overworld, but you're close to the entrance to Glitter Gulch Mine, it takes on, the Isla Hags theme music takes on a Glitter Gulch Mine Twist. So it's still playing the tune that you know, but when you get close to it, it starts playing a, kind of like a country way. And then the, the, the atmosphere is the same way around the level. I keep using the atmosphere, I'm sorry. It's the St. Banjo-Kazooie did this, after you entered a level for the first time when you came out, there was an enemy from that level walking around. So, like, the first level, Mumbo's Mountain, when you went in, there was nothing around there, but when you came back out, the Termites, which are one of the main enemies in the level, there's a couple Termites walking around outside, so it's like they escaped out of it. You know, it's just a really, a really big sense of this cohesive world, and I, I love, I mean, the music in the game, I've talked about Grant Gr- Kirkhope, I'm sure, just absolutely masterful, I mean, I can't get enough of his music, I've been I've been listening to these metal mixes nonstop, and I got three more of them for you today, not Banjo-Kazooie, I'm, I don't want to tire you out of those, but... Uh, there's just something about how the entire package comes together, the, the personality of the characters, even without the even without voice acting. And there's just something about how Banjo Kazooie. You know, we talk about today how games, you know, they're so familiar, like the new Call of Duty, the new Assassin's Creed, whatever. They're so familiar to the old ones that there's it's barely worth buying. It's almost like an upgrade, like Madden. Banjo-Kazooie is the same sort of way, but there's just so many touches and refinements to it that just make it so much better. Like, when I talk about the games, I favor Banjo-Kazooie greatly, not because Banjo-Kazooie isn't good by itself, it was amazing, but when you compare Banjo-Kazooie to Kazooie, it's like Kazooie was a stepping stone. Like, there's just so many things that Tui did better. It has just this this giant open-world sense. I mean, the first level in Banjo-Kazooie is over twice the size of the first level in Banjo-Kazooie, which is probably bigger than most levels in in Kazooie, you know what I mean? Like, there's just so... the worlds are so much bigger, the, the Jiggies are more involved, they get your the Jigsaw pieces, it's not just like walk up and do something and boom, you have it, there's more elaborate ways you have to go around doing it, the difficulty ramps up just right, there's a lot of shortcuts, and there's even interworld shortcuts. Like, you might see something in one of the first couple worlds and you're like, how do I get to this? I don't know how to do this, even if, it's just, like, even if it's an area, not even, like, an ability you need, and, like, you might see a locked door, and then, like, three or four worlds later, you'll be like, oh, that's how I do this, because there's a secret passage to that world that you get a jiggy from there. Just, I mean, I... I feel like I have more to say about this, but I just don't know what else I want to say. I just... It's just... They're just a blast to play the... At- I mean, keeps keep saying the atmosphere. So what happens when I don't have notes, see? I just... There's something about them... I, I don't think it'll ever be matched. Now, of course, when I say that, I'm really looking forward to both the games A Hat in Time, which I haven't talked about and don't really have time to talk about now and don't have the, you know, the research behind it. A game, an indie game coming that that's, looks to take cues from the N64 era of platformers with Win maker style graphics. Uh, look to, definitely look that up if, you're, if it sounds interesting because it looks like a, pr- a really beautiful game. And, of course, Lobo Destroyo, which I've talked about a lot, whose Kickstarter is launching two weeks from, one week from today, I'm sorry. Today's the 24th. The 31st is our Kickstarter, which, of course, I'll be covering in and mass next week because I'm gonna I'm super excited for it I'm hoping one of those two games or a combination of the two will give me that banjo 3e feel because as I I'll, I'll talk about it sometime I, I haven't talked about nuts and bolts I can't believe I haven't there's I, I'm lo- I've been looking for a game to give me that banjo 3e feel for a long time and it doesn't doesn't have to be banjo and it probably won't be but just that 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 sense of awe you know with the amazing characters and the Just the way everything blends together in such a cohesive package and the upgrade moves that you get that just... There's something about it that won't be matched again, and I'm going to just stop talking now because I'm just saying the same thing over and over. But I managed to make almost a 20-minute episode out of this, so I thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it again. I'm hoping this won't be a, a, a trend with the show. I mean, once I'm home for Christmas, I'll have a lot more time to... Take, take the time and sit down and you know stuff like that, but I'm really going to try my best to hopefully just dedicate a couple hours uh, in the week, sit down and write notes so we don't have, have to do another show like this, because there's a lot of information out there I can cover, a lot of fun stuff, a lot of funny stuff. So anyway, to artificially prolong this episode, I've selected three metal mixes for you, uh, the first one will be Donkey Kong, uh, Donkey Kong Country aquatic ambience music, which is if you played that another game with amazing music. It's a rare game, no coincidence there. Uh, that's that's the music when you're playing an underwater level. That's a metal cover I on, found on YouTube, and that is by the user S Beast. The second track you'll hear will be Deku Palace uh, from Zelda Majora's Mask. That's a metal cover, and that's by U- YouTube user Metal Fortress 14. And finally, the last one is the Metroid metal track. It's Finandra Drifts from the l- original Metroid Prime. That's by MetaLink187 on YouTube, and it's from an album called Various Sweet. So I hope you enjoy those three. Uh, That'll be cool. I haven't really done this much music before on the show. So enjoy that. Um, If you have any feedback, please let me know. 203903 ASTE. Make sure you listen to the other guys' shows. They've been putting a lot of hard work into it. They've been doing the cross show, or they do both at once. It's about an hour long. Um, Start really pushing... Um, some new stuff we're going to be introducing with new articles and things like that. And also, I forgot to mention I wrote a review on the game Guacamole Um I wrote it a couple months ago, but we've been really busy getting backed up with stuff. So Adam was just able to uh, review it and edit it and publish it. So that's up on the site. It's on the main ticker where when you go to StartSelect.net, there will be reviews sliding by, and mine should be the first one. Or by the time you listen to this, might be the second one. And I believe Andy has posted a new review, and we've all contributed to an, a feature article. So. In the meantime, when I'm, you know, busy, please check that out. I really appreciate you guys uh, visiting the site and your continued patronage. So enjoy these three tracks, and I will see you next time I see you.